If you're with the right person, you will unveil this piece of yourself. They'll see it and they'll be even more attracted to you afterwards because it's like, oh shit, you know, I was waiting for the real you to show up. <laughs> Yo, what's up, Warriors? Welcome back. My name is Rob Wong. And I am Scott Pagliaccio, the Italian stallion. What's going on? I got my potato life together, Rob. How about you? That you do. I am a bit wobbly on the potatoes today, but 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 hanging in there. We are today talking about um, lying in relationships. Uh, what do you do when you're dating a liar? Th this has been the recent trend on the podcast lately. Scott and I enter with like differences of opinion, and we're going to try to work out exactly wh what the move is here. Find some common middle ground, demonstrate the skills that we stand by. I, I guess I wanted to run it by you first. Like when you run into like, say you have a partner and you catch her lying. Um, what do you do with that situation? How do you recommend someone proceeds? At one point I was married a second time and I ignored the, like I had a gut feeling and I ignored it and because I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to, I was like, it was like walking on eggshells. I knew something was wrong. I knew something was off, but I was afraid to say anything, even though my gut, my intuition knew. So I never confronted the person because I, I was afraid to piss her off. It, I, it would be, create turmoil in the relationship. Um, but then down the road, it, it ended anyway, and it was awful. It was super painful. And um, yeah, there was there was alcoholism involved and drugs and arrests and I moved out and living across the street. It was, it was a shit show, man. So now being the man that I am and knowing what I know, when my gut says something's off, I now have the difficult conversation immediately. Like I feel like something's off here. My gut tells me something. Can we have a conversation about, you know, whatever it is that I'm feeling you know, kind of invite her into a conversation and not blame her or accuse her of being a liar because that's not going to go over well. I have this saying that risk the relationship every day. Like if someone's lying and it, it's going to deteriorate or it's going to, you know, end the relationship, fine. I don't want to wait six months to a year to two years like I did before. I just think that it's important for me now in the present moment when I feel like something's off or somebody's not telling the truth, they have the conversation. I feel like in the beginning, I was often the liar. Sometimes it was based out of convenience. Like I didn't want to rock the boat. So I would just pretend to like something. I wouldn't speak up about what I actually liked or disliked. Cause it's like, you never tell a woman that her butt's big in her pants. And like, so <laughs> it's I you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that, as, as, as I look at it now, like, I agree, like that conversation needs to happen. If someone has really let themselves go and like yeah. my sex drive isn't there and it's hurting the relationship, it's worth having a conversation about this thing rather than pretending like it's okay for the rest of my life or like trying to casually hint that both of us should start working out more. Like, no, go through the front door, have the conversation. I think there's room for compassion on this lying thing because some like sometimes like people do it because they were raised in an environment where it was not safe for them to tell the truth. They had to oh, pretend okay. to be a certain way in order to get by. But does that make it viable? Is that a good relationship? That's hard to tell. 
is like how often do their words match their actions and like what's I hesitate to say this because I don't think that that's the way I would go. It's like, what's the minimum I would settle for? But that's not it. I feel like relationships shouldn't be about settling. It's like, right. what do I deserve to have in terms of like honesty? Knowing sometimes people are going to throw out a white lie. Knowing sometimes people are going to forget. Mistakes will happen. What do I need here? And I feel like if I'm not like 90% of the time getting the truth from them, I don't I'm not gonna, I don't, I don't know if it's up to me to make the difference for that person and have them become more honest, but I do want to speak up about what's going on my end rather than sweeping it under the rug. No, that makes a ton of sense, man. Everything you said there, like I've, I've been there too, where I was not attracted. And then how do you say that in a way that the only way to say it is, is to say it, you know? And like you said, having room for compassion is super important. It's not like, hey, bitch, your ass is fat. What the fuck's going on here? Like, it's not that. You're not, you know, that's definitely not the move. It's not comfortable. It doesn't feel good. You know the other person. But then I think what, like, when somebody brings something to me like that, I can trust them more because they're being really honest. And that just brings up a level of intimacy, of trust, of safety. You know, I don't know. I think we all have lied and been lied to it's and i like what you said about what they say are they doing what they say are they in integrity the most of the time and you're going to find that out over time and then it's your responsibility if you find that they're exceeding the limit of lying the majority of the time i'm i'm out like this isn't working for me anymore i don't need to be the one to get them to become more honest or whatever it is like i've got enough going on over here that's not my responsibility i feel like for me i know that there are certain circumstances in life where i, I kind of have to put up with it like there will be people that i deal with where fate ties me to them or i made a decision where i'm sort of stuck with this person i have a guy that i invested with that owes me like over 150 grand and <laughs> he has very close to zero integrity. Like he's only followed through on his word, like maybe once or twice. Um, and it's in my best interest not to blow up at him because if I do, and I, I fracture the relationship, there is a hundred percent chance that this will never come to pass. I'm not going to get that money back. So I have to deal with my own reaction there and I kind of have to accept him for who he is. But I think that there's a separation between the people that we're sort of stuck with and the people we choose to bring in and make our family. And when it comes to relationships, I sort of recognize that just because I can put up with this kind of thing in this other person, doesn't mean that I should also do that in my relationships. And over there, I look for very high integrity. I think ultimately, and, and this might not be the case for everyone, but ultimately it's kind of jarring for me when I run into someone who is giving me half truths or not telling me the truth most of the time. And then when I discover the actual truth, even if it's a small thing, it's just really unsettling. It takes time to recover from that. And I don't want to have to constantly be doing that. At the same time, I have to acknowledge that a lot of the times being the truthful one also means being very vulnerable and sharing something that you might not want to share or you traditionally have never shared. And that can be kind of a harrowing experience by itself. I can understand why people keep the full truth locked up. So I think there's this balance here. And like, if you find yourself on the end of the spectrum where it's like 
kind of find yourself reflexively lying to protect feelings and also save yourself from getting in trouble or starting fights. One of the most basic things to do is start noticing when you could be saying something, but you're holding back because you don't want to look bad or look like an idiot. And then try testing out saying those things, starting with the small stuff first. A big chunk of this is just about vulnerability and being willing to be seen in exactly who you are, where you are. And I think the beautiful part about that is like, if you're with the right person, you will unveil this piece of yourself. They'll see it and they'll be even more attracted to you afterwards. Cause it's like, Oh shit. You know, I was waiting for the real you to show up. I could see this other forced outside shell of you that was kind of doing its thing, but I see this version of the real you and it's attractive. I like this. And I think without taking that risk, going out onto that limb and potentially looking like a fool, you will never run into those people who can fully accept you as that person with all your walls down. And, and that's been my experience. Like it's been a gradual process over years and years and years, but you can decondition that lying. It just first involves a few leaps of faith. There was a lot there. It goes back to the beginning of the podcast was about being a child, like in having the lie or something. So you wouldn't get in trouble. And I think about getting in trouble. Now I'm a grown fucking man. I can't get in trouble. The more that I honor me, the more of a man I feel like, you know, it's not being a dick. It's just like standing up for yourself inside yourself. You know, I've had, I have friends that are fucking honest as all get out, man. I, and I ask for that. Like I, when I ask them for feedback, I'm like, I want it spicy because I want to grow. I don't want people to be like, yes, men or whatever it is. Like, tell me the fucking truth, how you see me because you, I'm in the frame. I can't see me the way you do. I'm curious though about one thing. So you, especially how you won't accept this, you know, a certain level of untruths in your closest relationships. This guy, a fucking 150 racks is a lot of bread, man. And, and now you're kind of having to, I'm guessing, contort yourself a little bit to make sure you don't upset it, upset him in fear of not getting your money back. And that sucks, man. I, I, it feels shitty over here. Is that the thing? Hey, I'm just curious why in this relationship it's okay, or did you not know it? Like, did you not know it on the front end? Yeah, it was an unwise investment, and it was less money when it first started. So the first piece of it is, of course, like, hey, owning that I made a mistake here. <laughs> like, I should yeah. have done a lot more due diligence. Um, it seemed like it would be a good thing because both of us were participating in a program that stresses responsibility and integrity. And he was like one of the people helping to lead it. So ironically, that was not the case. But, you know, like you don't find saints at the church, right? You find sinners. We often, no one's perfect. And if he's in a course about that, then that's something he needs to work on. And the other piece to own is in the beginning, it was very much that way. It's like, oh, shit, like I... I gotta avoid like breaking this thing and um, otherwise I'm going to lose all this money. So it was a very high pressure, like uncomfortable situation to be in. But I think a big chunk of navigating that is like learning how do I express what's going on for me in a non-reactive way that still gets the message across. So 
rather than me like texting him 15 times a row in a row with like where's my motherfucking money that's not going to get me anywhere right that's it, it's yeah. not yeah. it's a weak position it's needy it doesn't properly convey any compassion i'm not i don't have any leverage from that position so rather than going down that road so the conversation that i had with him a few months ago was like hey man sometimes it's harder for me to get in touch with you than it would be for me to just lawyer up and like work this contract so that it, it takes this thing from you and i don't want that right like mm. your, your home is the leverage point here that's what you put up against the loan that you've taken and mm. i'm not going to put you out on the street but we should really talk about this something about this communication needs to change but you can't really have that conversation from like a deeply triggered place because they're just going to be defensive. They're not going to be able to hear you because their nervous system is all fucked up. So I guess I, I'm glad that you brought that up because to me, it feels like learning that skill set helped me stop being the accommodating liar. It's like, oh, well, I'll just be quiet. I'll withhold the full truth so that other people aren't uncomfortable. And that is a form of dishonesty. It's not the end of the world. I think we all do it. Um, yeah. But it's like learning to break free of that. It first required that I learn how to master my emotions and then say what I need to say without trying to attack this other person for who they are. Because I'm not going to be able to change him, but I still need to communicate what I need and want in this situation. Yeah. And, and thanks for, I was going to just ask you, like, if you had any sort of, um, you made it sound as if you have like a contract, like a legal binding um, agreement that if he doesn't pay, he put up his house, that could be the repercussion. And I don't think, you know, if at some point he isn't following through, like, and you were to lawyer up and t take his home and put him out on the street, that would be a, you know, I, that would suck. And it would be a great lesson for that guy to learn. Like, you, you know, like that would be taking advantage of someone, you know, thinking, ah, he's not going to fuck with me. Uh, I'll just keep owing him this money and I don't have any responsibility. He'll, he'll never do that. And as much as that would suck to have to do something like that to someone like to me, it, I get it. Like if somebody did that to me, I wouldn't be upset, man. I remember I, and I'll, I'll I'm going to be really transparent here, man. When the last day that I spent living with my family, in the same house with my wife was back in 2010 when I got arrested and I got thrown in jail and my wife, I called her up and I said, are you going to come get me out of jail? She goes, you're not my responsibility anymore. And in that moment, like just this calmness came over me and I recognized she's right. I'm not, I'm, she's not responsible for me. And it really made me think about what my next steps would be and how I was going to live my life moving forward, you know, I got violent, man. I got emotionally, verbally, physically violent, and it caused me to be arrested and go to jail. So your actions have consequences, man. And I think it's a valuable lesson for anyone. If you're, you know, if you owe people money and you don't pay them, you're like, yeah, fuck it. And then you get defensive and mad, like that's bullshit, man. You fucking put yourself in that position to potentially have this thing happen to you, get your house taken away, get thrown into jail, whatever the case may be. And sometimes it takes something that extreme for someone to get the download that it's not okay to behave the way you're behaving. And it's an opportunity for me to 
changed my life. Yeah. And I think that's what it's all about. It's a lesson, like not right or wrong, good or bad. It's a lesson for us to learn about ourselves. And the only way we can is in relationship with others. Like, yeah. And I've definitely been there too, where, you know, the money situation, but not at that level. And when somebody has come into my life and I've lent them money and then they don't pay me back, it's like, oh, I got rid of that person for 20 bucks. That was sweet. But 150 racks is a big difference, man. That's That's a larger price tag slightly. That's a hard fucking pill to swallow, man. Like, hey, I got that guy out of my life for 150 grand. (laughs) That's a tough one. (laughs) Should have bought a house instead. (laughs) Should have bought a lot of potatoes, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, that 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 was uh, it was causing me a lot of angst in the beginning for sure. I, I did want to circle back to something you said earlier um, about how this comes from childhood and it might come from like the parents. And one thing that I noticed um, was in seeing and interacting with my mom. And this is, this is not blaming her, just like kind of putting the pieces together for myself. But one thing that I noticed in my mom was like, she really can't handle the truth. Um, because she's got such bad anxiety, any kind of negative news, she immediately freaks out over. Like she has a very strong reaction and needs to fix it and try to like control and change you or like the circumstances or the person that you're dealing with. I mean, she won't let it go until it's resolved. And so I feel like I picked up this behavior from the context that I was raised in. So if you're listening right now and you're wondering like, man, why do I have a ha- such a hard time letting people know who I really am? What's really going in my life? Why do I just keep it to myself? There's a good chance that it came from how you were raised. If your parent didn't have the capacity to hear you and be with you throughout your struggles without trying to like take over and remove power from you, then you probably started off in this situation where you learned it's not a good idea for me to tell other people what's going on in my life. Because if I do, then they'll freak out and it's gonna cause me even more problems than if I just kept it to myself. I'm interested in your thoughts about this, man. Do you think that like hyper independence might be related to the whole like people pleasing lying? Yeah, man, I, I like everything you just said, they're completely maps to my experience, man. I couldn't, you know, share what was really going on for me without my mother completely taking over everything. I remember there were fights. I mean, as a young boy, like kids, I was getting bullied, man. And my mother would run down the street and like, you know, just it was awful, man. Like I, I couldn't do anything without her taking it over and it, and it transferred over into other areas, man, school. Like, and then it got to the point where I was just like, I would just fucking not try. Like I just kind of resigned my power. And when I, I'd frustrate and when I didn't get what I wanted, you know, she would just step in and do the work. And that, that started to transfer into my relationships with women, man. And it was like, I wanted my mommy to rescue me when shit got hard. You step in. This is what my mother's done for me all these years. And, you know, that was awful. So I'm glad that you brought that point up, man. Definitely what you said maps completely my experience. But would you say the last part again? What the question that you asked me, I, I don't think I spoke to that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, 
For you listening, I apologize. I threw in like way too many bits of jargon all at once. So, um, so I guess when I said like hyper independence, um, this is like the category of people, and this includes me, where like kind of when situations get difficult or you like ask for help and then like, no, it, it feels like no one's available. The default is like, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Like I always do. Um, and there's kind of this, like, no, no matter what you do, you may feel this push to, to do it by yourself because it feels like you can't trust other people. And like, you've learned that through experience. Like I can't, I can't rely on other people. I have to do this myself. Hyper-independence is kind of taking that to the extreme where like, you'll be trying to move a couch and it's just you. And you're not going <laughs> to. Who flakes of stairs? Yeah. yeah. Which is, is, is me, right? This is the description of me. I'm not making fun of anybody. It's just like, that can often arise when you have like parents that you can't rely on or friends that you can't rely on. You just learn from an early age, like shit, I'm on my own. And you become hyper-independence, hyper-independent. But my thought was like, I'm wondering if part of that too is like, I wonder if that population overlaps with people who learn that like, hey, it's just easier to lie about what you're going through. So that way people don't get involved and try to fix your situation and make it worse. And so there's this kind of people pleasing lying where like, if I just give them the story of how I'm doing well, they're not mm -hmm. going to worry about me. And I'm not going to have to clean up their fucking mess when they get involved with my problem. Um, so that, that's what I was thinking. I was like wondering aloud, like, man, I think that's how I grew up. I'm wondering if you think that might be a general thing for people. Yeah. It, it sounds like it could be like, I think it all comes from childhood. For me, it was like, I, I, I'm thinking back or like, even to how I am now, man, I want, I like the collabo. I want to work with other people, man. I don't like doing Certain things I don't mind doing by myself, but there's other things like if I'm not good at something like I do, I still frustrate really easy and I want to give up and I've learned to overcome that somewhat. Um, so when it comes to hyper independence, I'm more of the, I'm more like asking for help. Like, Hey man, I need some help here. But to think back when I was younger, also, I didn't want to, I would lie and not tell people how I was really doing because it was a shit show in my life, you know, and I didn't want them to feel responsible or like they had to come in and help. I probably could have used it. I don't, it might, I don't know if it would have made things worse or better, probably better because <laughs> earlier on, I mean, I feel like I'm, you know, just now getting my shit together, Rob, or it's like an ongoing process. I feel like I'm in a good place now, better than I ever have been, but it's still a process, man. Allowing people to help me, like that's the gift, right? Like if, if you deny someone the opportunity to help you, like that sucks, man, because it, it's like, I think I've mentioned this before. There was this, a, a homeless guy that I knew. And me and my son were at the side of the road when we first met him. And I, I brought him some, I would always bring him food and, and stuff. And one day I had no money and I had a flat tire and he had all this money. And he said, Hey man, I got money. I can help you. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to take money from you. You know, basically I'm thinking this, you're homeless. There's no way 
I'll have to figure this out myself. And then I realized in that moment, I was denying him the opportunity of what it felt like for me when I gave to him. And I thought to myself, oh, fuck. I knew I'm doing that. I want to give him the opportunity to help me out because I really need help. And that would be really prideful of me to not accept his help, like in in the opportunity for him to feel that sense of giving and being a part of society. So I don't know if that speaks to your question um but it's a good fucking story and i remember it vividly and it was so beautiful my son was just a little kid and this guy had dogs and my son got to hold his dog's leash and he got to experience it and it was just it was beautiful in so many ways so um yeah i just thought i'd throw that in there (laughs) if it it fucking helps what we're talking about great if not at least we got a decent story and and, and i don't know if it fucking if it if it's relevant or not it could it could be i mean like earlier we were talking about like <laughs> i see you cracking up over there. you're like i don't know if this helps uh so like earlier we were talking about like hey if you're dating someone who lies like routinely um like what do you do what do you do in that situation and honestly it's like a personal call whether or not you want to stick with it but if you are sticking with it and you see potential in this person they are trying they're making an effort um then if you want to help them, I think one of the best things you can do is what Scott's pointing to right here, which is you give them the opportunity for agency. You don't want to be the hovering mom that smothers their kid. You want to give them the opportunity to choose, right? Now, this doesn't mean that you coddle them and you just like, oh, you just try to make up for every time that they mess up and they don't uphold their word. They have to know that there are consequences to what they're doing. Like you don't go out of your way to punish them, but like you don't have to shield them from the impact of their actions. They need to experience that to change. The other piece of this, I think, is they need to be able to freely choose and see like, oh shit, all of this lying is costing me. They have to be able to choose. You can't force it down their throats, otherwise it won't be their choice. It'll be another form of lying to themselves. Oh, I need to stop lying in order to make this person like me more. No. They need to arrive at decision on their own. And that can kind of be the hardest part, I think, about all this. Like, if you're dating someone and you want them to change, they need to arrive on that decision on their own. Otherwise, it will never stick. Thank you. Thank you for tying that all together, man. That was brilliant. Yeah, (laughs) it really was. Yeah, it's like you're not. So I guess like I'm kind of zoomed out while you were talking and I was listening and it's like, this is all ties back to childhood. So the way that we interact with people that we care about has to be in a different way than the way that our parents, you're helping them to realize that they, their behavior has consequences. It's not your responsibility to change or fix them, but it is your responsibility to share the truth with them, which deepens the connection, which or can deepen the connection. It can create more intimacy, safety, trust and love, or it could go in the other direction and just blow up in your face. And that's okay because I don't want to be with that person anyway. Like I'm bringing this to you because I love you, not because I want, you know, I think you're bad. There was a guy who had this, he has this, um, and he's transitioning into making this his career and he does um, metal work. And he was doing an event, told his girlfriend that he was good, he was um, still at the event, but it was an hour later. She knew that he was done, but he wanted to go. He ran out of product, and he told me the dude made like ninety five hundred bucks in a few hours. That's a lot of fucking bread. 
And he loves what he's doing and he wanted to go work on creating more product. So he lied to his girl. She caught him in it and it ended up, the relationship ended. And so like, I was like, wow, man. But good for you and good for you, not for lying, but like honoring what you want. Like, I mean, what's, what's, what's next? You know, she wants him to be with her. He has this great opportunity to, you know, and loves what he does and he's making lots of money. And he understood that she wanted to spend time with him, but like, this is where he truly wanted to be. I think that it's a messy area. Like, why can't I, why do I feel like I have to lie to this woman, this person and, and not tell her the truth? Because I think he mentioned the part, like he felt like it would make her mad. Mm-hmm. She would get angry at him if he told her the truth. And then it just blew up in his face because he didn't tell her the truth. She found out and it, it's a fucking shit show. And now he's out of the, now the relationship is over. So I don't think it would have lasted the test of time. <laughs> I think we have a lot to learn about relationships and lying and telling the truth and why we do what we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's a damn shame, man. Like in my head with the knowledge I have now, it feels like such a straightforward thing to be like, Hey, babe, I just made 95 fucking hundred dollars in an afternoon like i'm so excited about this do you mind if we push back our plans and i just i want to get some work in right now when i'm inspired and i can make something amazing i i think that could have been that could have been a home run conversation rather than one that blew up in his face but you know it's it's easy for me to be in the stands and just like oh i would have done better i don't know if i could have done better but, but but I also wanted to underscore something you said, because I think it's important. And I think it also, un- it, it like, it ties back to something you and I were talking about before we even started recording, which is like, if I spot that my partner is kind of a liar, part of my job in this relationship is to look at where am I lying? And at first, when Scott said that, it was like, man, I don't know if I agree with that. But as I've been sitting here stewing on our conversation here today... <laughs> It's like, you know what? I actually, I do agree with that. And it's because if they're lying, am I lying back to them and not telling them how much this is impacting me? Am I playing it safe, stepping on eggshells, right? Like trying not to make them angry and shielding them from what the impact of all of this is. Because if I am, I'm not giving them the opportunity to change or grow or learn. And it's like me avoiding a difficult confronting situation. And of course you would, it feels like you're about to jump off of a cliff every single time. It's one of the most harrowing things you could do, but there's room for personal growth and accountability here. It's not a hundred percent on them. Cause if I like, if I really let them know what was happening behind the scenes, every time that they told me a lie, that behavior would naturally begin to adjust. And that's what you want. But if I never provide that person with the opportunity, then I'm kind of just enabling them to continue this charade. Does that mean that I need to stay with them? No, you're not obligated to. But it's also worth getting out of the victim seat and looking at what is it about me that is encouraging this behavior? Because if that exists, I might be training this behavior in future partners. They might learn that they need to do this around me or that it's like, you know, yeah, they don't care when I lie. I love that because in the beginning of the podcast, we didn't know if all of these things tied together and they do. And it's like, 
I'll just, I think what I hear you saying is if I'm withholding, I'm lying. If I'm withholding my truth, then I'm lying. And then that just encourages more lying over there. So yeah, you spot it, you got it. And, and that's taking responsibility, like looking at my side of things, like instead of blaming him, oh, he's a liar. Like, where am I lying? Oh, because I'm not telling, I'm not asking for what I really want. I'm training him to behave this way or her or whatever the case may be. Like I, I, and like relationships and doing it at a high level and knowing how to speak your, like, this is high level shit, man, that none of us were taught. So if you're listening or yeah, if you're listening right now, these are not skills that we were, the skills we were taught was to lie and blame and shame and judge and all the fucking things. So it's no wonder shit doesn't work out in most relationships. Rob and I have spent the majority, the better half of our you know lives, like at least the last decade plus learning new skills and tools on how to navigate this. And it's still hard and it's still challenging and it's worth it. If you, cause I, I asked this guy, I know him. He's a great man. And it sounds like this woman is fantastic, man. And I'm just like, this could be worked with, buddy. Like, we, if you need help here, if I can support you. I, and I saw him the next day and he's like, it's over. I moved my shit out. It's done. And I'm like, damn, over, you know, doesn't seem like I don't. And I don't know if that's the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help him God. So I, it, it makes me sad. I feel sad and I feel angry that, you know, this is what we were given growing up. The sadness is that, you know, the relationship had to end over over something that could have been worked with and and they could have grown stronger through it had they chosen to. Um, and, you know, the anger is like, fuck, man, this is what we were downloaded as, as kids. No wonder we behave the way we do. And And I also understand and have empathy and compassion that, our parents were doing the best that they could. Like we're all doing the best that we can with what we have. This guy's body is fucking phenomenal. He's chiseled. He looks like a Greek God. And I was at this stage too. Like I didn't work on my relationship skills. I didn't go to the relationship gym and lift the weights and do the reps so I could mm. earn a great relationship, you know? So it makes sense that things just end. And then you go to the next one and how does it doesn't get better unless you get some tools. And so if you're listening to this podcast, man, it's worth it to listen and, and learn how to speak to people and tell your truth. Getting yeah. some, a couple of fucking tools, a couple of skills, you bada bing, bada boom, you got a good relationship, but you got to practice. You got to go to the gym. You got to do the reps. You got to build the muscle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sooner, sooner or later, your potato life is all together and you'll be like, Oh yeah, Scott, Scott did this for me. Thank God. Yeah, you're the best, you fucking crazy Italian bastard. <laughs> Yo, actually, yeah, I, I love that you brought this up because I, I remember there was a moment of clarity back before I got started down this road where it was like, you know, if only relationships and getting better at dating were as easy as just going to the gym. Like at the gym, I, I just have to lift heavier things and make sure I don't throw out my back or whatever. Like I can push myself and it feels like safe enough for me to do that. Like it's 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 challenging, sure, but it's like not the level of like fucking confronting that relationships can be. And then I started thinking about like, okay, what was the skill set that made the difference? And then how did I get there? And 
I'm going to say this again because it's it's true every single time. It's like I cultivated this with Scott. I cultivated this with relationships where the person was committed to staying with me while we work through this shit. I think the first step down that road is like, well, the skill set is how do I deliver this information without charge? How do I say what I need, what I want, what my truth is without trying to like fucking crush this other person and then attack them into a pit in the ground or like cringing and being so afraid of their reaction that I don't say what I need to say. But how do we get there? You don't need to be perfect, right? You get there by starting to deliver this with charge. You deliver it the best you can. It's ugly. It's incomplete. A fight starts up afterwards. You're like, I hate you so much. And then you come back afterwards when you've cooled down and you're like, sorry, I really didn't mean that. Like, hey, can you forgive me for that? Can we start over? And then you work through it. You build more safety in your relationship. And the next time you speak up about what you want or what you need or what your truth is, you speak up with that vulnerability. There's less charge. And over time, it becomes possible to control like, okay, wait, whoa, I noticed my energy is really messed up here. Let me give myself like a half hour or an hour. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out. I'm going to get grounded. And then I'm going to have the conversation. And I could talk about this like an adult rather being in it than being like an upset baby. And that is the skill set that makes the difference. But you have to be willing to do it ugly before you can do it professionally. Yeah, man. I'm glad that you said that. Give give yourself permission to be sloppy around practicing these new tools. Like anything that you're going to do in the beginning, you're not an expert at is going to be fucking ugly. If you take salsa lessons, you're not going to be awesome at salsa the first fucking lesson. You're going to feel like an asshole and you're going to be embarrassed and you're supposed to it, because you're not good at it. And, and, and I have de- like we've stayed friends through the years and we've got like why we laugh so much now is because we didn't used to laugh this way. We used to get triggered and fucking want to kill each other and not be in a relationship anymore. And over time, what has happened is we've built trust and safety and a deeper connection, more intimacy. And now it's like fucking effortless. Like we have the skills and the tools and it's, it's being vulnerable to say, Hey, I'm going to stick this thing out and I want to learn. I want to grow. Let's, you know, we've listened to podcasts. We do a podcast, but we've read books. So for the listener, an action step is like, Hey, just own this with your partner. I really suck at this and I want to get better. Would you be down to practice with me? Mm. Otherwise you have, the option of what happened with my friend, you fucking get rid of the person. And guess what? The next relationship, the same shit's going to happen because it's not them. And it is, it's you. And the more you become self-aware and get these skills and tools dialed in, the more fulfilling your relationships are going to be. So that's my suggestion. Um, I know we're getting close to time. Rob's got a hot, he's got a hot step. He's got a hat step three at the top of the hour. <laughs> As opposed yeah. to a soft step. <laughs> I'm just going to slam down my microphone and bolt out of the apartment. Yeah, fuck you, Scott. Later, be on. <laughs> no, but you communicated to me. You communicated that to me at the beginning of the, you know, of us recording the podcast. And I think that's like part of, of what we're talking about. Like, Hey man, you communicate with the person, like, this is what I need. This is what I got going on. Boom. And there's no hard feelings. Like, yeah, I understand. And then I'm like looking at the clock, making sure that my brother is getting his 
you know, he's getting off on time so he can do his next thing. Like, we take care of each other. We got each other's fucking back over here. You know what I'm saying? It ain't just about me. I do, but I don't have any more Italian things to say. So I'm going <laughs> to just going <laughs> to throw in the towel. But but I want to I want to echo what Scott's saying here. Like, maybe you can't do this in relationships yet because it's too fucking confronting and triggering. But you can do it in friendships. You can do it with any relationship that you have in your life and like the more you build trust there like with what scott and i have here there's a profound amount of trust here but it's because we've gone through the shit together multiple times and it's like okay yeah you know what this person has seen me at my worst and everything that comes after this point is better than that first fucking time that we had that shit show happen so i could i could trust that he's gonna be okay with this we've both grown um I don't know, man, like if, if this doesn't exist in your life, you can build it. It happens over time. You're going to be God awful at it in the beginning, but it's fucking worth it because this stuff maps out to every other relationship that you'll have in your life, including the one with your parents, including the one with your future husband or wife or whatever. Right. Uh, I think I had another point to make here, but I've lost it. So I think that's it for me. Hey, man, that sounds good because. Uh, yeah. I got, I got, I got no other Italian things to say either. So uh, I just want to say thank you to the listener for for joining us and putting up with our our tomfoolery and our ridiculousness. And thank you for, for share this thing with someone. Share it with the lying liars in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Look at them straight in the eye. Be like, this one's for you. I hate you. A fucking liar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, please. I'll inside. <laughs> like. Yeah, <don't... laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, don't don't do that. But but definitely share it with someone that you think would benefit from this. Yeah, write us a review. Give us some feedback. We appreciate you guys. Uh, and with that, I'm out. Aho. Aho. Yo, yeah. Also, yeah. I wanted to say thank you for that. I, I just looked at the podcast recently, and we've got four reviews, which is huge. I think we only had one or two a little while ago. So for you guys that went out there and spent like a couple of minutes leaving us that five-star rating, we really appreciate you. Thank you for doing that. Um, yeah. And yeah, thank you for listening. Love you. Catch you next time. Peace. Peace.